Welcome to A Handful of Hope, where we bring you heart-to-heart conversations with heart-centered people. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of A Handful of Hope. I'm so happy and grateful to have Dan with us here today. Dan is a facial facial stretch specialist and initiated shaman with a background in fitness, energetic work, and personal growth. As a high school and collegiate athlete, he sustained a number of injuries that led him to suffering physical limitations that kept him from staying active in his mid-20s. Suffering from chronic pain and discomfort at such a young age, he underwent many forms of treatments and therapy, none of which made a significant shift for him until he discovered fascial stretch therapy, FST. After experiencing a major breakthrough with eliminating pain in his body, a number of synchronicities aligned for Dan that led him to leaving his corporate job in his early 30s and choosing a career path of health and wellness. As shamanic practitioner, he brings an awareness and attention to the mind-body connection as it relates to a holistic approach to healing. Dan states that at the root of any pain or trauma, there is a story about how and why it shows up in the body. It's my job to ask my clients questions and discover the source of their pain and discomfort to ultimately get them back to living the life they want for themselves. Dan, welcome and thank you so very much for being here. Thank you for having me, Jesse. Appreciate it, man. You know, as I was reading through your bio there, it reminded me of this story I remember reading, gosh, this is probably 10, 12 years ago or so now. And it was by this gentleman who is a pretty well-renowned hypnotherapist, specifically specializing in past life, past life and past life traumas and healing past life traumas. And the story was he had this woman come in who had chronic back pain. She'd been through all the specialists, all these types of folks, and nobody could figure out what in the world was going on. He took her in a trance and she found herself back in the early mid 1800s on a wagon train that was literally a scene out of a western movie where the the train is being circled by the the indians the there's a shootout going on and she gets shot in the back with an arrow and in that lifetime i think she perished there and once they had this story uncover about the source of her back pain after that, she never had the back pain again. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, it's funny, I haven't thought of that story for mo- so long, but then as you're talking about the story and the origin of pain, it came to mind. So I'm hoping you might dive into that a little bit more about how much do our, how much do our stories influence the physical pain that we experience in our life? Oh man, that's such a great question. And a loaded question at that, because there's so many different levels that that can exist. Right. And the story that you shared uh, about a past life and experiencing uh, an, a physical pain in this in this reality in this life, and then yet having experience of of physically being shot with an arrow and experiencing that that penetration and what it does to the body and the nervous system as a whole and as a as an energetic imprint, if you will, mm. and to have that hypnotherapist go in and, and to go and really dive into that past, which is which is the subconscious, right? Because the subconscious brain holds on to all of our, our memories and our patterns. And, you know, for those of you who would believe in, in a past life, um, you know, obviously we scientifically aren't able to, to prove that. Although in a spiritual sense, there is the idea that we can experience multiple lives through the same spirit. So you and I are experiencing this, this reality right now as, as Dan and Jesse and, 
however, like, what have we experienced in the past, you know, and maybe as in a different country or a, um, uh, a different race or a different gender for that matter. And we hold those, those patterns in our memory. So it's, it's a cellular memory that can trans, transfer into our DNA, right? So just like if we had like genealogy, we, we can pass down um, uh, systematic uh, injuries or even just think about disease, right? So someone might say, hey, I got, um, I'm prone to arthritis or heart disease from my mother or father. That actually is, um, it's almost like a defect in the genetic code, right? So right there, it's, you're prone to something that is going to cause disease and also emotionally, right? So there, there are a lot of times where people can hold the pattern of anxiety, depression. So we can have like, you know, great grandfathers, great grandmothers, literally passing on this energetic imprint of an emotional uh, trauma that, that stemmed mm. from something. And so when you get into the subconscious work, when you, when you talked about the hypnotist, um, that's actually very, very shamanic in its sense where, you have somebody who's guiding somebody into their subconscious, which we typically call a shamanic journey. And that is about going in, visualizing, and having an experience of, of something coming up, which we can usually get tied to the original trauma, right? So that we're talking about a past life. Um, and a lot of clients that I tend to work with on the table as I do fascial stretch therapy, um, really, really quickly describe what we do through fascial work. Um, fascia is an interconnected soft tissue network um, that connects with the nervous system and it is very sensitive to the sense that it, it uh, regulates our mobility, it regulates um, our function to our subconscious and, our, and how we are into our um, levels of either fight or flight or we're like relaxed. So getting into what we call um, the parasympathetic nervous system is when we're relaxed, right? Mm -hmm. When we have the absence of, of fear and anxiety and that's where we can actually calm and be present. Although when that gets raised and our, our nervous system gets heightened, that's when we start to like think of fear. We think of maybe a past breakup. We think about maybe some physical or emotional trauma that happened to us when we're children that we just never really dealt with. And so I think when it comes down to thinking about how we hold those imprints, it's, it's all in our, our subconscious. And at the same time, like our body is the manifestation of our subconscious. So what we think about ourselves is how our body yeah. shows up, right? And we can we know we hold different energetic patterns in our organs and different fascial places. So someone might just have like crazy, like, you know, gut pain. And it may not be their diet. It may not be from an injury. It could just be from like a deep emotional trauma that they're holding on to. And so we hold those imprints until we are able to effectively figure out how to move move those out of the body and that can be done through what you're describing uh through the subconscious work whether hypnotherapy or shamanic work where you go into a journey and we kind of get the realization of the moment and we face that trauma or we face that event head-on um or we can go through a physical way where we can actually move the body and manipulate it through fascial work or even just movement and even going like to something like tribal dancing like dancing is a therapy and I think that's the cool thing that we're actually discovering now is that um, movement itself is a therapy. Like the body that is in motion stays in motion, right? So, but we also live in a society where so much of us are stagnant, right? Stagnant energy of being stuck on our computers a lot. Um, stagnant energy of maybe stuck in, in a car in traffic where we're not moving a lot. And we're also combating a lot of the stress and anxiety from, from being a human being. Um, and, and just holding on to all that energy 
And when we're not moving it or we're not doing any type of mindfulness work where we're, you know, going in and we're discovering what's going on in our subconscious, either with a coach or a therapist um, or, you know, um, or shamanic work for that matter, we can start to accumulate those energetic patterns. And when you don't move them through, that's when a slew of different things can come in like disease, right? So like a cancer can manifest from that energetic imprint holding on that body where it just becomes dense and it starts to decay from the inside out. Yeah, and talking about those, those energetic imprints and our subconscious patterning or programming, mm-hmm. we were talking a little bit before we started recording about uh, handling people's projections and you were sharing mm-hmm. a, an experience that you recently had where somebody came up and they were, they were projecting coming at you with something. And I don't remember exactly what it was, but mm-hmm. you were talking about how, and I've often said to people that I think people externally project what we internally reflect, right? Yeah. It's almost this notion of, I have this, this thing inside of me, this belief I have about myself and something I haven't resolved or dealt with. And if I see something coming up in you, my projection onto you, we take it as, as they're trying to hurt us, but really it's them trying to push us as far away because they want to get as far away from that part of themselves that they see as possible. Yeah. Uh, you know, talk to me about how you handle those situations. Cause I think it's so fascinating because here you are, you're, you're a person who has this, you know, I imagine that when you talk to people, when you meet to people, you're not seeing the person, you're going, you're going three or four layers deep with them really quick. And you're seeing these, you're seeing, you know, it's, it's once you get past the how's the weather thing, it's very quickly much, much more deeper, much more spiritual for you. But you're also a human being that when somebody is having a human experience of projecting something onto you, you have that human response of, ooh, gosh, like, what does this say about me? Or maybe I, maybe I screwed up or maybe I'm a, a bad person or whatever it is. Can you, can you walk us through what that process is like for you? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, it's, it's really interesting with like that, that latter part where you're talking about like how it feels, it's like a burn to the ego, right? It's just kind of like taking in the, the energy and, and, and owning that and like, okay, what did I do? What's wrong with me? Like, what did I, what did I mess up in? Yeah. And, and I think when we briefly talked about this before it, it was, it, it's, I'm personally still working through the answer. And, and I, and I wish I had the answer and hopefully through this conversation, I can bring some light to it because, um, that's just it. Like, and yeah, I've, I've done a lot of personal development work and I've done a lot of awareness work and, um, and I do see like kind of things at an energetic level and at the same time, I'm a human being and, you know, in, in all honesty, you know, what happened recently with this, um, interaction was, is almost like a cycle that came up because this happened about a month ago with somebody else right? Different situation, different context, although the same feeling, right? Um, so my experience or the data is that I, I felt that somebody was projecting onto me um, their issues, their insecurity, um, their idea of like, of reality and being a victim and, and putting blame towards me. Mm. And, and myself feeling like, well, I, you know, I did everything that I thought was right, I, you know, explained myself. And, um, at the same time, I'm, I'm, I'm getting triggered by this, you know? So if I'm, if I'm truly an enlightened being and I'm all, you know, Zen Buddha out or whatever, <laughs> this shouldn't bug me. Right. <laughs> like, and I can move through this situation with grace and ease and, and, and however, like I'm finding myself, man, I'm feeling like 
some heaviness in my heart, some shame, some sadness, and I'm also like triggered with some anger and frustration, right? So what is this, right? And so I, I think what it comes down to is, is for me to look at this pattern, right? Okay, so if I'm essentially being, if I'm feeling that again being projected on and I'm being blamed for something, um, this goes further than these last two situations, right? So two cycles, two similar feelings and um, situations that came up where it got me feeling this way. So for me, like, I have to go back and I have to look at when was the first time that I essentially felt that I was being attacked or criticized or judged um, and I was in the right. So it, for me, it's like, how am I being almost like persecuted or how am I being blamed for something I didn't do? And you do this in real time gosh. again with people. Like when, when you're, are you actually, when they're, the interaction is happening, are you doing it in real time or are you, or is this like after the fact with it? Oh, honestly, it's after the fact. Sometimes I can do it in, in real time and I, and a lot of times I can pick up on something right away. Um, yet I'm dealing with the humanity of it, right? I'm the animalistic primal of like me getting defensive and being like, no, like, F you, man. Like, this yeah. isn't me. This is your problem, right? It's, and so it's like, I, I find that ego that wants to protect myself and say like, well, hey, you know what? Like, I don't want to have this conversation anymore. I think you're wrong. Um, this conversation's over, right? And at the same time, like, I can continue to do that. And I know I can continue to do that until one day I'm like, all right, like this cycle keeps coming up. Like, what is it about me? Mm -hmm. And what imprint that has come down on me to figure out where I need to like, where I need to heal this. Like, this is an aspect of myself where even talking this through with you is about, it's part of the process. So it's like, where, where in my life or where can I make that shift from feeling that um, I've done something wrong and I go to that sense of shame and just maybe accept that one, I can, I can respect and I can honor and find a sense of just love and, and acceptance of this person's feelings yeah. and that maybe it isn't about me. And it could be as simple as that. It could be just like, I, I care so much what other people think about me and my professionalism or my integrity and that like, I, that I, that I'm, you know, I do a great job at what I do, or maybe like it's a perfectionism that if you question what I do, then like, then you're in the wrong because I'm, it's not my problem. Right. So yeah. maybe it's just this like, yeah, form of, you know, Hey, like, I'm sorry you had this experience and um, I can understand. And if this isn't a right fit for, you know, either a, a personal relationship or a professional relationship, maybe there's somebody else that can, that can suit you better. Right. And I think that's where the, that's where we can get caught up into okay, maybe sometimes it's just finding acceptance and, and, and grace in the matter. Yeah, it's amazing how much we, it's such a fascinating dynamic of the human animal, right? Where mm -hmm. we all so desperately desire to be seen, to be heard, to be loved, to be understood, to matter, to feel like we belong. Mm -hmm. And yet so much of our, our pettiness and disagreements happen at the surface because we allow those surface pieces of ourselves to be are basically act as our representatives for those things that we really want. And so we play above the surface, right? You didn't do this. You didn't say that. You didn't do this. You didn't fall through this. This didn't work with this, whatever it is, blah, blah, blah. And really what we're screaming out seems so often is like, I just want to be loved. I just want to be heard. I just want to be understood. I want to feel like I matter. I want to feel like I belong. I want to, you know, 
and it's a fascinating thing because it's like I don't care if I'm talking to a, a super powerful CEO or a, you know, somebody who is, who's a, a beach bum for most of their days. You know, they just, they like to hang out and surf and, and sleep in late, sleep in late, go to bed early, whatever it is. It's the wants are the same. It's just the expressions of them often seem so different. And do you find when you're walking through, when you, when you walk yourself through this process, and I find it so fascinating that you're able to, to do it sometimes in real time, but I also appreciate that you acknowledge that there's that human response where you're, where we do, we go from, wait, huh, to quickly F you, right? It's like there's this yeah. zero to 5,000 really quickly. Do you find though when you do, when you walk yourself through this process and you, you really get back to, to that place, you're finding love, you're, you're finding compassion, you're finding, giving them grace, does it seem for you that most often love is the answer? Absolutely, man. And, and that is, um, that is where all the truth lies. Right. And, and you said it so beautifully. I think at, at heart, we all want to be accepted. We all want to be loved. We all we want to be understood. And, and we all have that wounded child. We all have that wounded person inside of us who, um, you know, no matter how good of a home or how bad of a home we, we may or may not have grown up in, uh, no matter what situation or event that happened that we put significance or meaning to, we all just want to be heard and understood mm. and loved. And, um, you know, I think even in my process, um, like I called a friend, you know, uh, to get feedback mm. on. And I think this is also the, the important part is when we navigate through these sticky moments, a lot of times, like, I know for myself, I think like, well, I, I can, I can navigate this on my own. Like, I know enough or I've, you know, yeah. I've done X, Y, Z work. And, and even if we have, or we haven't, like, there's still like this part of like, we only know like what we know through the lens of what we've like understood through our life circumstances and events. Right. So, you know, I reached out to somebody who was able to reflect and give me some feedback from a different standpoint. And, and that helped really just take the charge out. And I just wonder like how many of us actually do that instead of um you know the the, the the initial piece of um let me figure this out on my own and react right so it one i think it's just like taking the time taking a breath like relaxing coming back to the heart space of like okay like this isn't about me and doing something wrong or like me trying to be right like this is about two people that are essentially wanting to understand each other and it's like being on a game show. I need to phone a friend, you know, yeah. like what better way to, to get to bounce something off somebody. And then how lucky am I to hop on this, um, this call with you today to like process this more. And it's all about processing. It's about talking it through. And uh, I think when we go back to that initial like spark, when we talk about the imprint, we, so many of us, and I can speak for myself, hold on to that. Right. So if I hadn't done the one stop, you know, think, feel, get feedback and then also process this, I could be back to feeling frustrated, feeling anger, feeling sad, feeling shame. And I could be holding on to that for the rest of the day, the rest of the week, for months, years to come. And I, I, I just think there's so many of us and I witness this through um, when I even do body work that people hold on to these emotional charges where it, it could have been the smallest thing and yet they're harboring resentment or anger for decades. Mm. or lifetimes for that matter, right?
And I appreciate you acknowledging that, Dan, too, about the reaching out piece. As you were talking, I realized myself that that's something, dude, I, I struggle with immensely. Is It's mm -hmm. like this, if I reach out to someone, I, you know, I put this expectation on myself that I'm supposed to have all the answers. And then the people who I reach out to, I, I allow some of the relationship to be in sometimes that I position as like, I have all the answers or, you know, I'm just going to be able to work through it or handle it. And so I hesitate to reach out a lot. And then I hesitate to allow myself to be vulnerable in that because then it's, it's, it's the next layer for me is always, well, if I reach out for them, are they going to be able to listen? Or are they just going to try to fix things? And it's, it's really, you know, listening to you talk through it. And I've never had this dialogue with myself. I realized how so much I just want to be told, like nurtured, essentially told it's okay. You're not yeah. a bad person that you'll get through this, that I love you, that I care about you, you know, to, to be affirmed again, to be seen and heard. I'm wondering, Dan, like, you know, in doing the, the healing work that you do with people, actually there's two parts to this question. How, how potent is, is love in helping to heal trauma and pain? And then the second piece of that is going to be, because I know you mentioned dance earlier as it being like becoming this therapeutic modality. If you could create your awesome, your ultimate, you know, for lack of a better term, like a, your ultimate healing potion, a combination of dancing and love and whatever that I, I'm wondering what that would look like because I think it would be incredible for people to have that recipe. Yeah, man, those are great questions. Um, okay. Let's address the, the first question of how important it is to be essentially like in your heart to, to, to facilitate healing. Right. Um, man, this actually touches my heart pretty good because I started learning about shamanism back around 2011, 2012, and it was really my start to personal growth. And for those that are confused about, you know, what being a shaman is or shamanism in general, it's not so much about shaking a rattle and dancing around a fire. I mean, that, those are parts of the ceremony aspect, but it really is about going within and discovering like what's under the layers of shedding your past and your programming and, you know, beliefs that don't suit you anymore. And, and moving in towards, you know, alignment of, of your higher self and connecting with more of the greater um, energetic or spirit, however you want to call it. And, you know, I started that, that process when I was, um, when I was dating somebody at the time. And for me, it was like, man, this is really interesting work. It's cool. And um, I'm learning about myself. And I really wanted to dive into this work. And it's almost like I surrendered, like, okay, like, I really want to um, learn and like become the best, um, like healer that I can, cause I want to help others. Mm. And it's one of those things, careful what you ask for, because after that, my whole life just turned upside down. I went through a crazy breakup with this woman. Um, it, it was more, it was less about just alignment and timing. And then I quit my corporate job. Um, I basically just started like throwing away this life that I thought that I should have had mm. and ended up you know, just like, just on this journey of what's next, like, who am I? What am I doing? I found myself, you know, 35 years old, living with my parents, not working <laughs> and kicking myself because I'm like, should I have left my, you know, my corporate job as an executive and, 
you know, high paying expense account, the whole thing. And it was really about, for me, it wasn't until my, my heart really ached and really almost became broken or that like idea of it being broken and like hitting rock bottom that I then had to figure out self-acceptance and love mm -hmm. and just being in that place of how do I get back, you know, which is like, uh, you know, the hero's journey or the basis of any, any heroic story that we see in a movie of, you know, hitting that, that space of just nothingness and then, and then bouncing back. And so for me, uh, I didn't practice any of my shamanic work or energy work for about eight, nine years. And it wasn't until my heart started feeling full again that I was able to energetically really connect with people to allow myself to mm. trust that I could um, be, like, come and show up fully for somebody else. And I think that honestly, like that touches on another aspect of, of love and connection, even a relationship. And that could be intimacy or it could be friendship, like, and especially intimacy with a partner. If, if you're not, or if I'm not showing up fully, if I don't love myself, I don't have that compassion and I'm not like full in here, how is it really possible to then like open myself up to somebody else? That's really difficult. And I see that happens, that becomes a, a, a an issue in so many relationships where somebody isn't full and the other person's, you know, almost being the rescuer or, um, or um, being that person who just like, gets used or, and I'm kind of going to some projection here, but I think it's just like really going back to being heart centered, whether I'm in service to my clients or in service to my relationship and it being that so important for that connection. And so, um, as it pertains, uh, can you remind me of that second part of this? Yes. So I love that answer. And the second question was looking at these different modalities of healing, uh, mm -hmm. dancing as a therapeutic means dancing love if you could put together your ultimate you know healing recipe if you will mm -hmm. what would that look like because i think it would be an incredible recipe for people to have is is it you know one part dance two part love three part <laughs> you know what is it what would that look like for you yeah you, i'd say that you really got to get connected with with yourself and what you love doing it, it's all about passion. Uh, you know, for me, it's, uh, it's connecting with my dog and getting outside and, and going on walks and being in nature with him. Um, for me, it's it also being out in the sunlight. Uh, for me, it's also moving my body. I love to stretch. Uh, I love to exercise. Uh, I also know, uh, um, for me, it's, you know, meditation. So it's, it's bringing that mental awareness piece to, to the equation. And it's also like, for me, it's something that, I, I look forward to doing and that not being something I, I feel like I have to do. Mm. And so even some of these things that work for me, um, for others, like it could be, Hey, it's a bike ride or it's, it's travel. I, I think it's the thing that ignites you in, into being like having that joy and excitement and, and knowing that like, it's for you, it's not for anybody else. And it's not for, um, you know, to prove anything to, uh, anything that's like outside of, of yourself. So I, I'd say really it is the body, mind, and spirit. So I'd say like, let, let that be your roadmap. How are you moving your body? You could be dancing. You could be exercising, do rollerblading. I just picked that up. Loving it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you know, mind is, you know, what are you learning? How are you challenging yourself? Are you doing personal development work? Are you 
are you in a, in a group? Are you a men's group? Are you in a women's group? Uh, are you meditating? Are you like, are you like taking care of your stress? Uh, and then spirit, I, I think everybody should have some sort of spiritual practice and that doesn't have to be a religion thing. I think it, it's the onus of how do you connect yourself to something that's greater than yourself? And simply that could be connecting with somebody else. It could be simply connecting with the human being and having a, a heart-based conversation like this, right? Where it's, it's experiencing connection. It's experiencing feedback and interaction. Um, and, and sometimes you can get that through also meditation and connecting with your higher mind. Man, I love that you just define that spiritual practice like that. I, earlier this year, at the beginning of the year, a friend of mine gifted me a reading from a, I think it was a numerologist. And one of the things that came away from that reading was the numerologist says, you're a very, you're a very spiritual person, but you don't have a spiritual practice. And I had struggled with what, what does a spiritual practice even look like? And they had suggested, well, you know, you can, you can get like a tarot deck and meditate. So I got a tarot deck and meditate a few times a week. I pull a card probably three, four days a week. I formed a little group where we meet every Friday and, and we call it our spiritual group. But I never heard that, that, you know, having those heartfelt conversations like this. And the reason I so appreciate you doing that because so much of the last several months of my life has just been doing this. And I found myself feeling so deeply fulfilled and being so happy at a very stressful time in the world. And yeah, I just, I never made that connection, man. I, I, I think that's, that's really incredible. And I think it's so incredible too, because I, I think one of the things that I've learned with spirituality and now adding into it, what you just taught me is it doesn't have to be a defined right or wrong way of doing it. It, it really is these different facets of what calls to your heart and really does what does fill your heart up. And it's in it. It could be, I, I remember talking to somebody early on and they were saying like one of the meditations they do is they don't sit and do the, the, what is it? The Lotus pose, but they go for a walk in nature and that's their meditation. And that's just how they connect to their spirit themselves or a greater spirit than themselves. Mm -hmm. Dan, this is absolutely incredible. And we only have time for one more quick question. When you, I'm curious, when you work with a human being, whether it's the first time or you've worked with them a number of times, what do you see when you work with that human being? When I first have an interaction with, with somebody, and I'd say it's a lot of the clients I work with, the first thing that I do is, is I, I really, I, I tend to just drop my defense. You know, I, I make an intentional, like when I went able to kind of like drop my, whatever barrier that I have up, which is, which is so many of us that have this like ego shield of, you know, I don't know you, um, you're a stranger. I'm going to protect myself. Mm -hmm. Again, one of those programs we get as a kid, don't talk to strangers. Right. So it's almost this, this conscious way of like taking off like my, my, my shield to like allow for that connection. And what I look for is I look for. I look past what they're saying. I look past what they're expressing like specifically in words. And I really start to like sense into how they're holding their body. Like what position are they closed off? 
you know yeah. are they open are they fidgety are they nervous because a lot of times i can sense in you know like what what emotion are they admitting is it is it nervousness is it is it sadness um is it anger and i think with that i can start to play into how i can start to open up that dance or dialogue with them so that I can kind of match their energetic level. Uh, Cause again, we, we go back to the communication piece that we talked at the very beginning about understanding each other. Sometimes we have to come down to that level for that person and meet them where they're at, especially if they're not as in that space of being mindful. Right. And no judgment. It's just, you know, sometimes people have different awarenesses figure. Like if, if you have that awareness and you can meet somebody where they're at, like drop down into their feeling, into their anxiety or their sadness and just be with them. That's where so much magic can happen in, in connection. Man. And that's where I think we can really start to, to find that understanding of each other without it being who's wrong and who's right and who's, who's bigger and better and who's less than. And it is, and again, like full about, acceptance and love and feeling comfortable in that safe space and anytime that we're doing body work or energetic work or friendship even in this moment like we've created this like energetic bubble yeah. of, of a safe space that we can express ourselves clearly and be at the same level so that we can come to a place of love and and acceptance and understanding dude i love that yeah everyone yeah my goodness, so you're going to want to rewatch and re-listen. I think that one of the things I think is so incredible is Dan talked about in his bio discovering, discovering fascial stretch therapy and so much of his work is about facilitating that body work stretch. I don't know about you, but I definitely felt like he stretched me today, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, and allowed me to connect some dots that hadn't been quite connected just because I hadn't stretched far enough to connect them. And what a beautiful metaphor it is, the idea of physical stretching, but how can we stretch ourselves mentally, emotionally, spiritually, looking into those pieces, those parts of ourselves, so what brings us joy in mind, body, spirit? I love that he, he talked about how our, our physical body was an expression of our subconscious beliefs and programming. Who could we have an opportunity to do some work there and maybe really dig deep that if we find ourselves in some sort of physical and chronic pain, how might that be showing up within our belief systems? I know I'm going to definitely spend some time meditating and looking on that to look through the peel the layers back and pain trauma. And we kind of dove into the deep end really quickly and going into past lives and whatnot. And you don't have to believe that that's totally not it. You can, if you play in that space, by all means play, but if you don't come into the present and just look at yourself and, and really ask yourself, where might the origins of some of these be? What story is contributing to the pain? Where, what story is keeping the trauma alive and how can you start to really look at what he was talking about when the universal answers being compassion, grace, and love. That remember that when people that you encounter might put something on you, it's a human response, right? To quickly go, huh? And then escalate it fast to F you. And even the one, those of us who might find ourselves more woke or spiritually along as we may like to label ourselves quite generously, we still have that very humanistic response. And as Dan has traveled on in his own growth journey, he still finds himself doing that, but it's finding that time of introspection when you can step back from those experiences of people projecting onto you and find it within you to see them and meet them with grace, love, and compassion. Love. 
Boy, if you've been following along this series, it seems that love keeps coming up time and time again thematically. It is the thing that if we, we, we all desire at our most deepest level. And it's also the thing that we seem to withhold so much. It's the thing that we want in the greatest abundance and it's often the thing that we, we view in the most massive of scarcity. Uh, whether it was pain in the body, pain of the soul, pain in the spirit, it seemed like we kept coming back to that today. Pain in relationships is the need for love. I think Dan even touched on it earlier about transferring that over into a relationship dynamic. How are we able to, how are we really able to love others fully if we're not able to first yet love ourselves completely? And if you could take that away from today, perhaps an action I would encourage you to do from this message today with Dan is, is ask of yourself, how can I love myself a little bit more fully and completely today? And whatever comes up for you, whether that's dancing, singing, whether it's painting or telling a funny joke or calling up a friend, honor that, do that, celebrate that, and celebrate you because you're incredible. As are you, Dan. Thank you so much, my friend, for being here. This was absolutely amazing. I so appreciate you and the work you're doing and how you show up in the world. Thank you. Appreciate you, brother. Deep love. Absolutely, Deep man. Love. Yeah. We will see you next time, everyone, on another edition of A Handful of Hope. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you're finding value in these conversations, please rate and review on Apple, Google, Stitcher, or wherever your favorite place is to listen to